The problems in your mouth wreak havoc on your body. Hello, friends. Welcome into Grin with Gin, where you will be given simple tools and resources to amplify your oral health so you can be a healthier, peaceful, and more smiley you. I'm Virginia Lee, dental hygienist, personal trainer, and mom of five. Together, we will improve your total health. So come along. Let's create health and peace together. Like Mother Teresa said, peace begins with a smile. Hello and welcome in to Grin with Gin, episode number five. I have a surprise guest that I didn't warn anybody about. And um, before I introduce him, here's our joke. What does the dentist get at the end of the year? A little plaque. (laughs) Anyway, good dental joke doesn't kill anybody, does it? In light of what we're going to be covering today, which is a a trouble point for a lot of people, I think, getting into the dental office, I have a question for you. What if there was a place that you could go where you could get rid of your disease? Would you go there? Would you want to know the address? Would you want to go and get rid of your disease? It would be a wonderful thing, in my opinion. Technically, that's what the dental office is. You go in with maybe even many different types of diseases, and they can be rectified at the dental office. Knowing that or perceiving the the dental office in that light might encourage others to go that have been waiting for a long time. And that's what we're covering. Basically, we have John. Thank you, John, for being our guest, being available available to share some insight um, through his experience. And so hopefully you guys can connect with what he has gone through and take his experience and use that to motivate or encourage you to follow suit, to do the same thing for you. Okay. He's going to be vulnerable with us and answering some questions that I have for him. And hopefully you guys enjoy this. And um, I just want to say thanks for being here. Thank you for your tenacity and um, dedication that you have shown through the, the period of treatment that we've been together. He was a patient of mine and uh, it had been 30 years, right? 30 years since yeah. his last visit until he came back in. And so that's a, that's a really big deal. And so today we're going to walk you from his point A, okay, from where he left off at the dentist to his point B where he is now. And it really, it tickles my heart to see the improvement that John got for himself, just because he decided to take the plunge and go back to the dental office. So introducing John, thank you, John, for being here. No problems. Pleasure to be here. Why don't you give us a little intro about yourself and what you do, and um, then we'll go into the question. Sure. Um, I'm a professional artist. I was trained as an illustrator. I went to the Savannah College of Art and Design. a cartoonist, an animator, video producer, musician. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Jack of all trades, master of none really applies here. I teach. I teach all of that. That's what I've been doing for most of my life. Awesome. So we talked about it being 30 years. So you were you were in your teens when yeah. you had seen the dentist last. Can you kind of give us the the story or the background of life or what happened and where you got caught up to forgetting about your dental needs were something that should be addressed? Absolutely. When I was 12, 13, uh, my dentist, who I really loved, loved going there. We didn't have 
all the money necessary for uh, orthodontics and uh, braces. And so what he did was he put a small appliance in my lower teeth to just help push out and straighten my lower teeth. And it worked like a charm, worked great. Inadvertently though, uh, as a kid and as a teenager, I wasn't able to brush my lower teeth real well. A couple years passed, the appliance does its job. He pulls it out and I had a, a lot of plaque buildup in me. So I'm 17, 18 now, and I go in for a regular visit, a regular checkup, a cleaning. And I had a oral hygienist who, I don't know if she was having a bad day, a bad week or what, but she took it out on me. And I, at the tender age of 17, I didn't really know what to do, but every time she entered my mouth, she was scraping tissue and I was in agony. I didn't appreciate it. And so that left a real bad taste in my mouth about oral hygiene and going to the dentist office. So I sort of fell into the, the rut of, well, I'm brushing my teeth. I'll be okay. You know? uh, and at the, that, that age, you think you're going to live forever. So I just got into the habit of not going. And um, I was okay for a good long time. Some weird things happened. This gap in my teeth down here, never used to have that before, but in my late thirties, it developed. What had happened was that plaque rim down along the bottom had pushed my teeth out, loosened it up, and the whole thing came out, which was great, I thought at the time. It did create a little gap, but you know, it was one of those things. And I thought, hey, this isn't too bad. I can keep going along with this. Well, it turns out in my 40s, I had a couple of small cavities. I had some wisdom tooth pressure that had been building up. And this particular week that I ended up coming into Dr. Dykus's office, I had a bunch of ganker sores. And between all three of them, I just couldn't handle it. I was in agony. I was in pain and I needed help. So that's why I came in and, and sought help. The, the brushing once a day for a couple decades, it sounds good, but it just doesn't cut it. Very good. I don't think I remember that part, that it was the kink resource that brought you in. Well, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, I was pretty good at managing the real dull pain of the cavities. I was dealing with that okay. Uh, but between the wisdom tooth, the canker sores, and the cavities, I couldn't shut it off anymore. I, I just, I needed help. Yep. So ideally it was the pain that got too intense and you had to come in and seek help, right? Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people are. They battle the pain and the fear, right? Because now you're like, oh gosh, it's been 30 years. What's going to happen to me? Did you have those feelings? What were the thoughts that came up about all of that? Absolutely. When, when you're in pain, what makes it worse is not knowing the source of the pain, what's really going on, getting a med medical diagnosis that will put your mind at ease. That's a big part of it and a big part of pain management. So just knowing what was going on and having a professional you know, be able to say and identify the situation, that in and of itself is a big Yeah, it does. Put your mind at ease. I think that's a huge thing because I think the mind can get carried away and make you think that you're okay for so long. Like, oh, I'll just keep brushing. I'm doing great job, right? So that's great. It is. I feel like once you know what the problem is and that it can be addressed, it is a huge relief. You called to make the appointment. Mm -hmm. Why did you choose Dr. Dykus? 
kind of a family doctor. Uh, we grew up in the same neighborhood and, uh, you know, my mom goes to him, uh, has had nothing but great service. So, you know, so word of mouth. Yeah, yeah, word of mouth and family friends. Awesome. In a future episode, we're going to work through finding your dentist, how to find your dentist, so to speak, in, in anywhere of the, the world that you may be, because that's really an important thing. You have to feel comfortable at the place you're going to have somebody intimately work in your oral environment, which is really kind of a small area. And you want somebody who's good at what they're doing and who will care for you. And um, is that what you experienced when you came into the office? Yeah. You know, when you're in pain, you're, you're really just seeking help. And so you're not worried about, he's got a wonderful lobby, a uh, great environment, but none of that matters when you're seeking medical attention. Uh, For pain. Okay. Emergency. True that. Yeah. I guess that's valid, valid point. So with the initial appointment, did they, were you exposed to, this is what you're going to do. We're going to take x-rays and, and all of that was explained to you so that it kind of eased your mind, you were able to come in, you got what, what they had, had said would happen. Can you explain yeah. that a little bit? Oh, absolutely. I mean, once you go in, they lay out the, the operating procedure and that's a relief, you know, just to be in managed care. He was able to refer me to uh, an oral surgeon that was able to uh, perform an extraction that was the number one problem down. Then he was able to drive uh, an oral hygiene regimen, the teeth cleanings, you know, and that's when the office environment and everything else really comes into play. This is mm -hmm. a place, you know, I'm comfortable with and I want to keep coming back. Yeah, that's good. When Dr. Dykus came in and completed the exam and he explained, okay, looking at the x-rays and what you've got going on, he gave you a treatment plan. Right, which consisted of what was wrong and then what he needed to do to, to fix it or to get it fixed, what you needed to have done to get it fixed. Yeah. And so that wasn't, that was that alarming to you? Was that? No, it was, I realized I was going to need the tooth extraction. I'd had minor flare-ups over the years. The wisdom teeth pain would subside, you know, after a week or two, it would go away and it would go away for a couple of years. And so with that kind of condition, I didn't feel like I needed to rush right in. This had been more than a month and the pain was excruciating. So oh. when he said, okay, we, we've got to get him out of there. I was in total agreement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the point, right? You're like, okay, I can't argue because I came here for this professional opinion and I agree wholeheartedly. I want the pain away. Good. Okay. So then after you saw him, was it the same day that you came in to see me or had, did you come back? I think it was the same day, wasn't it? It was the same day. And, um, you did the first, uh, round of cleaning and you, <laughs> you were so good. You didn't cause any pain. Um, it was, it was a night and day experience from my previous uh, oral hygienist visit. And, and it was illuminating. I was able to understand that, you know what, that was a, that was a one-off happening and that there are other talented hygienists out there who can, can, can clean your teeth without causing a lot of pain. Right. And that, thanks for saying that. That's an honor to hear that. That is part of the finding the right office and meshing with the people that are in there so that you feel comfortable because ideally, I think how I treat it is 
I want this to be a place that people want to come. And so I try to create the environment of like a fun setting or of like a homely nature where you're a part of my family. I'm treating you. I care about your health. And that's the kind of a practitioner that I think really makes a difference in, in the lives of, of people's health, knowing that they care about you makes a difference. And it allows the patient to ease their fear and to come back. Because what happened, right, was when you came in, I started working and I said, John, for me to be able to get down to business and get you to where you would be healthy, where I want you to be, I can't do it all. You know, and that's humbling, that's humbling on my part, because I'm saying like, oh, I'm not good enough to get it done in an hour, that it would be wrong of me to do that. They would be not treating you, you know, it'd just be following this protocol of, okay, I have one hour to do this. And that's not fair. And so you have to be in an office also that shows you what's right for you, even though it might not be exactly what the insurance wants, or it might not have been what you wanted. You probably didn't want to come back a second time to see me. Like you wanted to be in, you're like, I'm here. I want to get this done and taken care of. Right. And then like, I want to go, you know, to be completely honest. Yeah. I was, I was like, well, why doesn't she just do the whole thing now? But then on the way home, I thought to myself, you know, doing it in phases and allowing you know, the mouth to heal in between was the wise thing to do. It was the smart thing to do. And I appreciate it. Good. Good. I'm glad that you can see that because I know that's kind of a tough news to swallow when it's like, you might have to come back. And by might, I mean, you are going to have to come back if you want the rest of your mouth clean because you want to do a sufficient job. And if you do a crummy job, then it just creates problems down the road. So I'm glad that you were so gracious with me and the news that I had to uh, bring forth with that. And to do the right thing sometimes takes an extra step. It sometimes requires a little more effort. It includes enduring a little bit more pain, I think sometimes, but the pain or problems or inconveniences are minimal for the point in time as it would be if it wasn't addressed properly over the long term. And I think a lot of people, it, it might take a while to, to understand that in the long run, my end, what is my end goal? Did you have an end goal when you were making this appointment or your end goal was like, get me out of pain and then whatever else comes, come what may. It was important showing me that, you know, a competent oral hygiene session doesn't have to involve scraping gums. And, and thus, um, I, I wanted to come back. I wanted to get my teeth cleaned. Um, I wanted to get my gum health back to a healthy state because we were doing it right. And I had the confidence we were doing it right. I just wanted to finish out the process. Good. So do you feel like I conveyed that to you? Did I educate you? Is that how you knew that of the process and why did I, did I give you enough information for you to make your own decision of, okay, yes, I agree with you. I don't know. It sounds like what you're saying is well, true. Well, you know, the, the, the biggest impedance for me coming in was this notion that getting my teeth cleaned was going to involve pain. And mm-hmm. the longer it went, the worse it must be. <laughs> and when you showed me that, Hey, you know, we can, we can get this plaque off you and it's not going to be torture. It's just going to be some time out of your life, but you're going to be better off for it. It was, you know, it was a no brainer. Okay. 
So when, when he's saying plaque, everybody, plaque is the soft material that you can remove with your toothbrush and then tartar or calculus oh. is, the, is the, the hard material that calcifies on your teeth that you need a dental hygienist to use their instruments. Um, Sorry. No, that's okay. No, no, no. <laughs> to get that off. So I just wanted to clear that up because plaque you can get off and that's why you have us over time. You build up the tartar, you come in and we maintain that. For the most part, you're removing the plaque sufficiently. And that's why, you know, people come in every six months traditionally, or if they are some trouble or they build up more than they come in more frequently to manage that or maintain their specific condition. So the fact that I gave you knowledge and education and understanding about what was going on and you experienced that it doesn't have to be terrible, right? And I feel like a lot of people think that hygienists they've had an experience with, hygienists who was having a bad day or was lacking in skill or disgruntled for whatever reason. I've had that. I've had that. And it was on purpose. And I knew it was on purpose. And it had happened to me twice by two different hygienists. At that point, I also had experienced good and bad. And I realized like I, when I'm a hygienist, I 100% would never do this to anybody, whether I was having a bad day or I was tired or the patient was frustrating or whatever. I would never do that to somebody because of the future implications that it could have. And so that has been the deep rooted mission in my heart from the get go to never be that way and to never have somebody experience that. So I'm glad that you said that I illuminated the process for you because that just makes me happy to know that this deep desire from when I was a lot younger is really still carrying through with what I'm doing today. And so the encouragement to find the right office, if something's not going right and you have experienced a terrible situation, let this experience with John show you that it doesn't have to be like that the next time. You know, you, you can go to a different office. You can ask for a different hygienist in the same office. Um, it's not going to hurt anybody's feelings. Okay. So hopefully that is digest that and realize like, oh, okay, like it's my mouth and I can say, um, I would prefer not to have that person, or I would actually prefer to always have this person. <laughs> okay. Do that for yourself so that you can maintain health or that you can attain a healthier oral cavity. I cleaned the top half, the first appointment, we did some education. We did your perio charting, which is like the, the pocket depth. So we could get like a, a map per se, of where all the tissues were attached to your teeth. So we knew where to clean, what to get off and how to monitor your health from where you were at point A when I saw you to after everything was complete to re-perio chart or probe where you get the numbers and compare the differences. It was what? I think we did two appointments and we had sufficiently completed your prophylaxis or your prophy or your cleaning. Those are all words for having your teeth clean. And then you came in and do you remember what I told you? I mean, besides giggling and squealing that I was like the happiest camper, right? Do you remember? <sighs> if you don't, I will, I will remind everybody. No, you told me a bunch of things. Uh, <laughs> Twice a day, gloss. I don't know specifically what you're referring to. So after he had his teeth cleaned and, and we gave him the maintenance procedures, when he came back after those two cleanings were done and all of the debris was removed off of his teeth and below his gums, you came back and we reprobed and your probe depths, right? Your gum tissues were puffy from all of the, the bacteria, which is an infection, gingivitis. 
gingivitis over time is periodontitis where you get loss of bone, loss of gum tissue. A little bit of spacing in your teeth can happen with periodontitis because you've lost the bone. So you're, you have a little bit of, of movement with the teeth uh, and structure loss. And so we took you from having the disease state at point A, right, mm-hmm. to decreasing that drastically by removing the infected teeth, right, from the oral surgeon, having cavities filled and having two prophies sectioned out. So it was manageable by you and for me. And so that I could do a sufficient, hopefully above sufficient job, right? Which proved on that third prophy to be the case. Remember you came in, your gum tissues were pink. They had shrunk down, they're bleeding. I mean, the first time that I saw you, do you remember? I'm like, it's so hard to see what I'm even doing in here. I know he, like I said, he's being so vulnerable, but he's doing this to encourage the rest of you that might be in the same position that you, it doesn't, you don't have to stay in a diseased state, right? Because if you're in a diseased state here, this isn't blocked off from the rest of your body, like fix this. And you're going to fix a lot of other things. And the decrease of bleeding had drastically improved. Like there wasn't the bacteria in there causing the trouble. The tissues weren't puffy and inflamed and irritated because of the bacteria, So we had made such a difference as a team, right? You couldn't have done it by yourself and I couldn't have done it without you, right? So we worked so beautifully together to create this healthy outcome for you where you were like, I was so tickled because you had pretty pink gums and the amount of bleeding and tartar that was in there was minimal. And then I remember you telling me, like, how did you feel? Oh, like a million bucks. I mean, after, after you get 30 years of junk removed, you realize how good clean teeth feel. (laughs) Yeah. And didn't, didn't it make a difference in your, your overall being? Do you feel like you felt like smiling more, like you weren't self-conscious or you knew like you had it going on? Yeah. Uh, Dental health is huge when it comes to all other aspects of your and your dental health weighs in on your nutrition as well as psychologically, your outlook online, everything else becomes easier, more manageable to deal with. You're not battling pain every day. Yeah. You weren't constantly having that nagging like pain that you had to like push away so you could focus more on, on life and the great things that life actually is, is bringing to you. And you could smile at people not being self-conscious, like the stuff on my teeth or can, you know, I'm in pain. So I don't really want to smile. Do you remember, I, I distinctly remember the state of your being when you came in and we did the follow-up with the probing and everything. I'm like, John, like you're, you kind of feel like a different person to me. And you were grinning and giggling at me, you know, where the first time you were just kind of like, okay, sure you know, kind of unsure or whatever. And you were just more lively, upbeat. And it was just a different, it was like a more comfortable, confident state of like, you were actually who you were supposed to be instead of kind of like unsure and in pain. And I mean, the difference in, in your demeanor was almost as different as your oral environment from the first appointment to the finished appointment. That to me is, is a huge journey that makes such a big difference for your life. And then, and now I have the audacity to ask you to come on here and share with everybody that like, that's such a big deal. It's a pleasure. Uh, you know, if my story can help people and inspire people to take their oral health seriously, I'm glad to do it. I'm happy. You know, I appreciate you showing me that even if you've got a bunch of tartar buildup, 
it can be removed professionally and you know with skill and i appreciate it great and i love nothing more than having this sort of an outcome okay so was was the making the appointment worth it was coming in that very first time worth it yes absolutely i mean you know it wasn't just the first appointment that was worth it. It was following through and getting, you know, getting the cleanings and then getting the fillings. I was surprised that after 30 years, I only had six cavities. I think I'm lucky in that regard, but getting those cavities taken care of. And again, you don't know you're living with pain until the pain's gone, until you are able to go, oh, you know, I actually feel good now. And being able to compare that with how you were, were feeling before, yeah, the whole experience was worth it. Awesome. Did you ever have fun? Yes. <laughs> Dentist chairs are fun. They are. They, you know, you can lean back and go up and down. And- Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Let's see. So we're going to just kind of start to close this out. So in clarifying, I didn't make him healthier. He decided to make himself healthier because he wanted to get out of the pain, right? And so with that intention came a whole other beautiful ball game of health. And I was just the catalyst speeding up his journey in getting him to where he wanted to go, even though he didn't know the whole process. And so I think it's scary sometimes that people don't know what's going to happen to them or, you know, what if they tell me this or that, and it makes me nervous. It's okay because you're going to get an answer that you didn't know was there because you're not the professional, but somebody is going to take care of you and, and educate you and help you so that you can then take care of yourself. Because now, I mean, it's the breeze, I'm assuming, to take care of your teeth. Like you do the simple things of making sure you're brushing twice a day and flossing, water picking, if that's what we had talked about for some of the areas that needed that still. And that's totally doable, right? And it's something that I feel like, does it spur you to want to do those things so that you don't have to cycle back and do what you've already done? Go back to the beginning? Yeah, yes. It's a good, it's a good motivator. Yeah, right? Like never again. Okay, so here's a message to the dental healthcare worker. So we had talked about he was in a chair when he was in his teenage years and he had a terrible experience. So healthcare workers just want you, if you're listening, to remember that you can contribute to or take away the dental angst in a patient and that each patient is a human. Most of us want to take care of the people in our chair, despite what's going on in our own lives. But just remember that what you're doing really has a huge impact on one person's life, right? And anybody listening, anything that you do has an impact on somebody's life. We talked about this in a couple episodes prior that your decisions really affect a multitude of people. It's always better for the person to do better, good work, act, deed, because it just proliferates the goodness. And that's what we want. So be gentle, be loving, and basically have the capacity you have the capacity to turn somebody's life around every hour if you're a hygienist or every appointment if you're a dentist by just loving on that person. And I, what I choose to do, not that you have to do this, is you treat them like they're a family member, right? And the love that you have for a family member goes into the, your patient and they can feel that. And that t- helps to take away the angst and the fear and the uncertainty of, of what they might be going through for their whole hour that they're there and experience in their life. Because they're not just coming in as a one human with nothing else wrong but their teeth. They're, they have like 
a whole lot of baggage of worldly messes and family messes and who knows what's going on. Dental anxiety is high on the list. So if you can just love on them a little bit, that's going to take the education and the follow through a lot farther by telling than telling somebody, okay, here's your cleaning, floss, bye. It's like, no. And most practitioners do that. It's just a natural thing. I think if you're in the dental field is to love on the patient. Sometimes we get carried away and it's every hour, hurry up, get to the next patient. You know what I mean? Just, just offer love. Everybody just offer the love. And then another message to the patient is share this episode with somebody that you know that is, is in this position or that you think is in this position and let them know and, and offer this as a resource to them to know that they're not alone, right? They're not the only person that is having this happen right? And John's coming on to say this to us that this has happened to him. I have seen multiple patients that have been in a situation where it had been 10, two years, 10 years. And when you get out of practice of something, you kind of get a little bit nervous to go back to that and try it again. And you don't, you're like, oh, what's going to happen? You know, the fear of the unknown. Share this with somebody because in hopes of getting their oral health and overall health, right? If you can provide this resource to help them, what a gift that, that will be if they can get in and then be in the position that John's in. And then you can support them in that process also if you've referred them with this podcast. And try to see it from the perspective of, I'm not going to the dental office, okay? You hear people say, I'm gonna go see the dentist. Okay, well, maybe the dentist is seeing you. Maybe you are going in to gain health or rid yourself of disease today. I'm going to go get rid of my disease. There's a door that you can walk through where you can get rid of your disease. Okay. And that's not very easily done with other diseases. And so if you could have the capacity and make a decision to get rid of part of the trouble or the disease in one area of your body, that's going to contribute to overall health. So I want you to think of it that way. And maybe that might make it less troublesome in getting back into the office. So on the next episode, we're going to talk about crafting your checklist and finding a dentist that fits you and what, what you want for your oral environment. You know, do you want somebody who's really like uppity with a cosmetic dentistry or do you want somebody who's kind of a minimalist and does things very conservatively? We're going to help you craft how to find your den- your dental office match, basically. So that this, it can kind of be a complex thing when you're trying to figure out how to do this. So we want to kind of simplify it for you. With that, I want to say thank you, John, again, for coming on and sharing this. I am so happy for you again. And I'm so grateful that you're my patient. And I'm so happy for you. To everybody else, I want to say God bless you. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye, John. Thank you. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to go check out Highway to Health. It's a new program I have that walks you incrementally through gaining overall health and well-being, which begins in your mouth. Did you know there is not one person in the world who has zero gum tissue inflammation? So come on, check it out. Gain better oral health and breath with me over at EssentiallyYou.com. That's E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A. L-E-E-Y-O-U dot com. Click the program tab. I'd love to have you join me in your highway to health. God bless you today and always. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review.